It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following this Sunday's Pittsburgh Steelers game. I will be there live, breaking it all down. I'm always there live, following every Carolina Panthers game. And anytime there is breaking news like the Chris McCaffrey trade, I'm right there on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that show. If you ever do, it's okay. You can check out every single episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to that channel. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. And let's go ahead and get into it. There was a lot of questions this week, and thank you for heeding the call after last week. We were uh, we were pretty light as far as it goes to the weekly Friday mailbag, but I got a lot of questions this week. Cannot answer everyone's questions, but you guys ask a lot of similar questions anyways, so I'm kind of able to answer your question, even if I don't say your name before the question I get to, but... Let me not stall anymore. Let's get over to Owen, who asked a question about the fan culture right now here with the Carolina Panthers. He says, is the keep pounding culture back for the first time since 2015? Remember earlier on in the season when I was talking to uh, Josh Klein of the Riot Report, of course, does fine work at the Roaring Riot and knows what it's like to be a Carolina Panther fan, grew up here, and he spends a lot of time with you guys right there in the trenches on Sundays, whether it's home or away. And I was asking him, have these people ever been this miserable? Because, y'all, after the Giants' loss, people were just pissed. And I get it. I understand. You wanted to rule fired. You didn't like how the team looked offensively. I totally understood but do you have to be this miserable and this online all the time? Apparently, that's a way for people to express their emotions and be able to uh, work through it. And if that's the healthiest way to do it, which I don't think it is, but if it works for you, by all means. But since then, Matt Rule has been fired. We've seen Chris McCaffrey go out the door. Multiple coaches go out the door. Robbie Anderson, thank God, to go out the door. But what we've also seen is a guy in Steve Wilkes take charge, and he gets it. And people always say, well, what is it? He understands what this team means to people here in Charlotte. You know why? Well, because he's from Charlotte. He understands what it takes to win and what this fan base can be like when they win. Well, how does he know that? Well, he was here before when Ron Rivera was winning, and he was a defensive coordinator and a secondary coach here in Carolina. So he's seen the good times, 
and he's been trying to bring back that pride. Remember Cam last year, so it's, I want to bring the pride back to the Carolinas. That's been gone. And really, you can ask, you know, it's the best the fam culture's been since 2015. I mean, 2017, there was great fam culture. The 2018, things were great. But then once Cam's body deteriorated, so did the fan culture here in Carolina as far as everyone's mood. Not to say that fans ended up being bad fans. Just people's mood and the tenor of the conversation completely changed. And having grown up here, I don't remember – 2003 and 2004, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl and the whole one keep pounding really was created. I don't remember fans really having that kind of passion until Cam came here and they started winning. Of course, people love the Carolina Panthers, but they didn't love them like they do today. So I think Steve Wilkes has done a really good job in understanding this fan base and understanding really what it takes to build a winning football team and that football team kind of having that identity of its city as well. Now, I wouldn't say Charlotte's got hard-nosed place. I mean, we have bankers all over the place, transplants and all that. You kind of wonder what the identity of the city is. But certainly, that underdog mentality is there because, hell, we're compared to a lot of cities. I mean, we've always had to kind of look down the road to Atlanta and what they are. And I look at Nashville. When I was living there, people were saying, Nashville's the it city. I'm like, all right, well, my city in Charlotte's pretty great too. Like, why does Nashville have to be the it city? I mean, hell, we have the NFL and the NBA. We don't have the NHL, which people don't care about. Like, come on. Like, you're the it city. Why? Because you have one road that people want to get blackout on on the weekends? No. And I love Nashville. But I think in this mold, this team has kind of gotten back to that underdog mentality. And they're like, oh, no one really pays attention to us with the Carolina Panthers and what Charlotte kind of used to be before, you know, all the growth. But still, yeah, I think the fans have really fallen in love with this team and its head coach. And it's working. When you have this defense, which has really been the foundation of what the Panthers have been, and then you have another physical run game. And think of all the great running backs that we've had here, Jonathan Stewart. You can even go for one season with Stephen Davis in 03. Of course, Smash and Dash. I mean, with D'Angelo Williams as well. I mean, Christian McCaffrey. You've had so many great backs here in Carolina. And I just feel like we're kind of getting back to what we're used to seeing here. If it Does it yield a division title? I don't know. But to me, it feels a lot more like what we're akin to seeing here in Carolina. All right, over to Brody. Um, and there's a lot of questions about the draft, guys. Um, Brody's like, hey, for the people who bombard you with draft questions, just remind them that who is the best player on our team? Brian Burns. He was selected at pick 19. Our draft position is an important winning is. And thank you to Brody for understanding that the entire point of this entire football thing is winning. I know that the idea of tanking has, for whatever reason, just become so coercive and has, like, eroded the minds of people in this country. Like, you look overseas. I know it's a different sport, but I love that the fact you have relegation because you can't just suck and then get rewarded with a good player. You got to try and win at all times. And I like the idea of actually winning opposed to losing. Because when people are, when the team's losing, y'all aren't really listening anyways. And I certainly am miserable watching it. I would rather the team win. Everyone's mood is better. And it's not just linear as far as you suck, you get a quarterback, then you win. That's not how it always works. And I went over with y'all how Kansas City and Buffalo were playoff teams before they even added Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes respectively. So I appreciate Brody understanding that like, hey, you know what's more fun winning? And go out there and win. Like, would you rather a rookie quarterback come to a team as a brand new head coach that sucked for five years straight, or would you have would you rather have a rookie quarterback come here with Steve Wilkes and a team that's coming off a playoff berth? I would imagine the latter, but I don't know. That's just me. Okay, let's do this. We got Ian now, my name, but you just subtract you, know, you subtract the uh, J U and L. He said, not really a question, but with Tepper's comments about the lack of winning culture in Carolina. 
I thought this was a good time to remind people that since 2000, the Panthers have eight playoff wins while the Cowboys still only have three, according to Stat News. The Panthers still aren't a great team, and the Cowboys obviously look great this year, but it gets old hearing the negativity surrounding the team, especially with the way they've improved under Wilkes. Uh, love the pod. Keep doing what you're doing. By the way, guys, again, please, if you're going to talk about how much you love Steve Wilkes, can you please spell the na- man's name right? It's W-I-L-K-S. There is no E in between the K and the S. Um, but, yeah. And that's one of the things, too, I've joked about if the Panthers do win a division. Sorry, when they win a division and they play Dallas. Um, and people are going to be like, well, I mean, how is Carolina going to win anyways in the playoffs? The Dallas Cowboys never won when they get to the playoffs. And by that number right there, the Panthers have way more playoff success than the Dallas Cowboys have had over the last two decades. So, yeah, I would take Carolina in that game. All right, now over to Thad. He says, this team's future always gets broken down as either make the playoffs, get a franchise quarterback in the draft. I would much rather win a division, become an attractive landing spot for improving quarterback, changing teams. Any thoughts on who that could be? And also we got Cam who asks kind of a similar question, says he's a Panther fan since 2020. He's from Toronto, Canada. Um, Ontario, Canada, by the way. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I am extremely conflicted on what to cheer for at this point. It is my philosophy that all good teams and all sports build through the draft and considering how important quarterback is, that position should be the same. The more they win, it seems like either the draft suck will get worse and miss the playoffs or make the playoffs without any reasonable chance to get the Super Bowl. People say that the next year's class quarterbacks is really strong, but another year of drafting and improving, it's unlikely that they will be in a position to draft high next year. As a result, it feels like this offseason is absolutely critical to get to that franchise quarterback. Help me figure out what to do and what to root for and explain to me what I should cheer for. Well, Cam, root for whatever you want. Be a fan however you want. I've already said, root for the team to win. Because what's the point of turning this thing on if you just want them to lose? Like, I don't understand that. I I do, in principle, understand like what y'all are wanting to happen but it's not that simple. There's teams that have sucked and got a quarterback and still sucked. Look at the Jets. The Jets keep drafting quarterbacks. They keep getting bad quarterbacks. Those guys keep sucking. The Jags keep drafting quarterbacks. They keep getting bad quarterbacks. Those guys keep sucking. Now, Trevor Lawrence has played well as of late, but it's not that simple. You should want them to win. Build an identity of actually knowing how to win football games because all you're going to do is bring in a guy to a franchise, an organization since David Tepper got here that knows nothing but losing. We only have like J.J. Jansen on the roster and Shaq Thompson that have any idea of what this city is like and what this organization is like when they're actually winning games. Everyone else, like Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, and J.C. Horn, and Derek Brown have just gotten here. D.J. Moore as well. They're trying to find a way to win. Like they've never tasted success. Would you, wouldn't you want them to taste success and then whenever they bring in some free agents, whether it be a free agent quarterback or whether it be a rookie quarterback, and be like, hey, guys, this is how we do things here. This is our formula. This is what has led us to success. Wouldn't you want those guys to have to assimilate and buy into the established culture of success here opposed to like, oh, they stink and there's no culture of winning and it's just like, hey, we're still trying to figure out and we hope that you can come here and help us figure it out too even though we don't really know where this thing is going. So root for what you want, but I would just say like want the team to win, especially you're in Canada. Hell, dude, if if you want them to lose, just watch hockey. And I'm sorry about saying bad things about the NHL because I'm sure that probably hurt your feelings. I mean, I, I, NHL's fine. I just don't care. When people start caring about the, the Hurricanes, I'm like, I, whatever. Um, go Canes. I don't care. Um, but, yeah, just I don't know who the free agent quarterback's going to be. we got a long way to go before that all that quarterback market you know, kind of gets drummed up. And we've seen the last couple off seasons some of the changes that we did not expect to see. Of course, like Tom Brady, he's changed teams. Russell Wilson's changed teams. Aaron Rodgers was talking about doing it. All the movement. I'm sure there'll be movement once again. But right now, 
it's not necessarily an either or proposition like Thad talked about. Like I said, they can go to the playoffs and still trade up. That was the critical part of the Christian McCaffrey trade. You acquired picks that you can then use to move up if necessary, and you already have a first-round pick, so you exchange that. You give up maybe a second round or something else and maybe a first round of next year. But if you get the guy that you really believe in and that guy can help you in coming to a team that's already had success and already been to the playoffs, I think that's a win-win. Yeah, you love the draft picks. You want to have them. Scott Fitter has not done a great job as far as maintaining them. But that's the time when you would want to give up draft picks to actually go draft a quarterback opposed to what they did with Sam Darnold, with Baker Mayfield, and then trading up for Matt Corral and all the other trades that they've done, like C.J. Henderson, that have not really panned out. I'm cool with that, especially if you love the guy. So, I don't know. Cheer for what you want, but I would say right now they're 5-8. and eight. They, If they went out to go to the playoffs, wouldn't you rather have fun the last four weeks opposed to just being like in evaluation mode like the Steelers and just be kind of bored and have no reason to watch at all? I don't know. Maybe that's you, but that's certainly not me, of course, someone who has to uh, talk about this team on a daily basis. All right, and I'll continue to talk about this team and continue to answer your questions here on the show in just a moment here on Locked on Panthers. Don't make your loved ones face the dead of winter in old T-shirts, ancient underwear, and ratty sweats. Help them fight cold with Cozy. Give the gift of Tommy John. In Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better. With over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Hurry to Tommy John's wrap it up sale and get 30% off everything plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. Order now so your gifts arrive before the holidays. 30% off plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. That's TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All righty, let's get back into the weekly Friday mailbag. Now going over to Kendrick. He says, we frequently discuss the talent on this roster. We all know the cornerstone players. But is it possible that the Panthers are more talented than we thought and Rule was way worse at managing that talent than we initially believed? Um, well, I think it's very clear that Matt Rule did a terrible job as far as coaching this team up. We saw it. He went 11-27. and 27. He can say whatever he wants to uh, Peter Schrager or to the Rich Eisen show or to whatever outlet wanted to listen to him during his two-week media tour where he tried to explain why things went poorly in Carolina so then he could have Nebraska fans feel comfy about him coming back to college. Whatever, dude. You sucked at your job. Yes, you should have taken another job elsewhere. We all would have appreciated you doing that opposed to wasting 38 games of our time here in Carolina. And that comes from someone who, again, advocated for you to get a third year, and you made me look like a fool. Maybe I was a fool the whole time, and maybe I still am a fool, and I'm sure plenty of you believe that as you're listening to this podcast. Either way, I thought this team would go to the playoffs this year. I thought they were going to go 10-7. I thought they were going to be a playoff team. It's funny, if they went out, then they're in win the division. They're, I'm only going to miss it by one game because I said 10 and 7. Now, I thought it'd be completely different. I thought Baker was going to be like the Baker that 
played on Thursday night football last week and now come back win with the Rams. I thought that's the guy we're going to get. Uh, we didn't get that guy. But right now, this has been a good football team. And I like them because you had Brian Burns. This was the year where you were hoping that Derek Brown would step up, Frankie Luva, what he could do. I didn't expect him to be this good, but he's really been awesome. J.C. Hornback, Jeremy Chen, you had the talent defensively, and you added in some veterans. Now, guys like Damian Wilson never made an impact. Neither did Corey Littleton. Xavier Woods certainly has. Matt Ioannidis, he's kind of, you know, been up and down. I wouldn't say he's had like a massive, like he's played, of course, a lot of snaps, but it's not something like that's been super noticeable. Maybe I should go back and grind the tape and figure out more. But the offensive line has been vastly improved. Like they have been exactly what I thought they would be. Haven't gotten a lot out of skill positions, but they've been really good running the football. Yeah, there was always talent on this roster. But clearly the guy in charge just did not know how to not let's manage it. How to motivate? I don't. I, he says he never lost a locker room, but all the other things that you needed to do to really be a leader, he hasn't done that, and he never was able to find an identity. In eight weeks, Steve Wilkes has done that. Steve Wilkes also has more experience in the NFL. He's been a head coach before, so he's taken his lumps. He's learned things along the way. And David Tepper and the fan base and all of us, we didn't have time for Matt Rule to try and take the lumps and learn. He needed to figure it out by 2022, and he didn't do it. So. Yeah, I think that the team has talent. That's why I think they would be a playoff team. That's why I think right now they can be a playoff team. I still don't want to get hurt and say, yes, they're going to be a playoff team. But, yeah, I, I, they're, they're a talented bunch, in my opinion. Um, we got Kurt. He's got a two-parter. He asked, first question, do you consider Seattle a rival? I wouldn't go that far. Back when um, the Panthers were trying to get over that hump, like, let's say, uh, you know, 2014, they lost Seattle in the divisional round. You know, they had lost a couple times before that. Um, it's 2015, of course, the game that, you know, Greg Olson got that touchdown reception at the end of it. They had the three drives that were like 80 yards, right? That afternoon in Seattle, they started off 5-0. Like, that was one of those games where it's like, okay, you get it. You finally got over the hump. You played a team that's tough to beat on the road and a team that you certainly respect and also wanted to get after. And, of course, that playoff game later that year where the Panthers were up huge and Seattle came back, made it a game. We've seen somewhat of a rivalry there. And then in 2017, Maybe it was, was it, it was 18, rather, when the Panthers and Seahawks both really needed to win a game at Bank of America Stadium to stay in the playoff hunt. Panthers lose that game. Seattle wins that game. So I, you look at that kind of time when Cam was still here, and you had the, the Legion of Boom. You had Michael Bennett. You had Cam Chancellor. Um, you, you had Richard Sherman, all those guys, Errol Thomas. And you had those kind of dudes like Doug Baldwin. That's when I felt like it was more kind of like a hostility because that was a team that you really had to get over if you wanted to win and go far into the playoffs, at least for the Panthers for the couple of seasons there. Nowadays, I don't really feel like it's there anymore. Like, that juice is not the same. Like, it was great to be back in Seattle to see that crowd, but it wasn't kind of the same that it was as far as, like, when that heyday Panthers were playing those Seahawks. It was different back then. And, of course, we have a history of losing an NFC title game back in 05 there in Seattle. So there's that. But I don't, I don't see Seattle's arrival anymore. Um, and then your second one is, if you're Tepper and you're in Seattle for that game, what stopped you from walking in the locker room after the game and announcing Wilkes as permanent coach? What that would have done for the team is immeasurable, in my opinion. What's stopping you is the Rooney rule. I do understand that there's people out there being like, damn, well, Wilkes is already black, so what's the point of talking to other black people for the job? Yikes, guys. Um, there's other people out there like Leslie Frazier, who's had a great defense over the last couple of years in Buffalo, who has head coaching experience, which apparently, according to Dan Graziano, is what David Tepper is looking for, who absolutely deserves 
to get a look. Um, there's also guys like D'Amico Ryans, who has the best defense in the league right now in San Francisco and is coming from a place that has had a guy like Robert Sala have success this year in New York with the Jets and Mike McDaniels in his first year go to, to the Miami Dolphins and have success. Both those guys like going to be the playoffs this year. They come from the Shanahan tree. One defensive guy, one offensive guy. San Francisco churning out good coaches. So D'Amico Ryans, also black. Why not give D'Amico Ryans an opportunity? Just because you plan on hiring a black guy does not mean that you shouldn't talk to any other minorities or, hell, anyone who's white or anyways. You should still talk to other coaches. So the Rooney Rule says you have to talk to two external minority candidates. The entire point of the Rooney Rule not necessarily is to get black coaches hired. It's to get a diverse set of candidates in front of these owners so that they actually consider more than just maybe one guy that they are dead set on. As we've seen... These owners are going to hire whoever the hell they want. You can put how many black people or Hispanic coaches or whatever in front of them, and if they want to hire this young, white OC, that's who they're going to hire. And it's within their rights to hire them. But the Rooney Rule says you got to talk to more people. You can't just be lazy about it and just hire that guy. You can do it in the end, but at the very least, you're going to sit down, you're going to talk to people, and you're going to give them your time and your need to take this seriously. Now, a lot of them don't take it seriously, but David Tepper absolutely should cast a wide net, talk to everyone, and see who fits. Steve, Steve Wilkes' job is to win the division, so after all those interviews, it comes back to, well, Steve Wilkes understands what keep pounding means. He understands this city. He turned this thing around. He's a leader of men. That's my guy. But, yeah, he can't remove the interim tag because of the rule. But also, guys, be better. Oh, he's going to hire a black guy. What's the point of talking to everybody, anyone else who's black? Come on, that's stupid. Um, it's I know it's, it's it's I know it's more so it's like it's innocent, but it's also ignorant, and people just got to be a lot better than that. And I already me and Kurt talk, we're like, we're cool. Like, I'm not, like, mad about it. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I, I see that, and I, I roll my eyes. I'm just kind of like, good Lord, people. Um, Brad. He said, was watching the game yesterday and found myself surprised that Eddie Pinheiro has made 25 to 27 kicks. That is the third highest field goal percentage in the NFL. I know the Atlanta game is horrendous, but do you think some fans were overreacting when they wanted to cut him? Fans overreacting? No, never, never would fans, especially Carolina Panther fans, overreact to a guy who had been really good to that point in the season having a bad day. No, never would they overreact to that kind of thing. Yeah, they were overreacting. And I said it at that point in time. Have him walk back from Atlanta or, sorry, drive back on I-85 and have to go through the misery of that drive. And after that, whatever. It's a bad day, but he's been good up to that point. He's bounced back and he's been great. He was special teams player of the week in the NFC this week. And I'm happy for Eddie Pinheiro. And Steve Wilkes said at no point did they ever consider finding someone else because it's, it's already difficult to find a kicker. And I did tell you at the beginning of the season that at some point the kicker is probably going to cost you a game. That happens even when you have a good kicker, unless it's Justin Tucker. But he did it once, one time before it even happened with him. So, yeah, people were overreacting to the whole missed field goal in Atlanta. It sucks, but they had all plenty of opportunities. I mean, they had the pick six right through the half. You don't give that up. I don't know, maybe the secondary, like, tackles Demir Bird instead of having him run around them like Swiss cheese. Like, come on, guys. Like, they had so many opportunities to win that game aside from those back-breaking misses, and also like, hey, DJ Moore, I get it. It's a bad penalty, whatever the rule is. If you keep your helmet on, that doesn't happen at all, and there's no issue, probably. 
but you also asked, anyway, um, what do you think the Panthers should do at the kicker position in future years with Gonzalez under contract? Smaller sample size, but overall, Pinheiro has been solid, and Zane Gonzalez was solid last year. Now, what we have seen from Zane Gonzalez, though, is he's had injury issues. Last year um, with the groin, and then this year it was like a thigh maybe. I can't even remember. Maybe it was a hamstring. Can't remember. Both of them, bad conditions. Like he slipped on a, a – frozen turf up there in Buffalo or field in Buffalo. He slips on wet turf here in Charlotte during the Bills preseason game. Now looking at his contract, uh, the Panthers could cut him and save $1.8 million against the, the cap next year, and they would have to take on a 625000 dead cap hit. I would say that they might as well just bring him and Pinheiro back, have the guys duke it out, and whoever wins that battle is your kicker. Like I think competition is the route that they should go. Whoever's the best guy, that's the guy they keep, opposed to being like, we're going to just settle on Eddie. I think they should find a way to be able to keep both of them, at least through camp. All right, Sam, um, he said, in your opinion, how important is it to keep this offensive line group for the next couple of years, mainly talking about Bozeman? Should we take the risk in drafting a center in this year's draft or pay Bozeman to a multi-year deal? You know, the guy who replaced Bradley Bozeman, um, Tyler Linderbaum, out of Iowa, actually had a really good season up there with the Baltimore Ravens. No, you got to find a way to keep Bradley Bozeman. I said that I thought that would be one of the key signings this offseason would be one of the big reasons why this offense could have success. And since Pat Elfline went down, Bozeman has been excellent. Elfline has had injury issues the last couple years. I think it's worth coming, bringing him back again next season to be a backup, as whether it's at center position or at guard. Um, you also have Cade Mays, so maybe don't bring back um, uh, Elfline. But as far as the starters, like Icky, He's a, he's a rookie, so he's under contract for at least the next three years, and then you you have a fifth-year option. So probably four years you got of him if you want four years of him. And then uh, you look at Brady Christensen. You got two more years of his contract as as on on his rookie deal. Bozeman, you got to have to re-sign him. Then after that, you have Corbett, who signed a three-year deal. You're going to bring him back, want him for the next two years. And then Taylor Moten, they signed him to what, a five-year deal last year, so he's still got like, three, four years left on that deal. Yeah, you're going to have this offensive line together for at least the next two years. So the Carolina Panthers have no concern about that. Every single one of these offensive linemen, even Elf line, are under contract next season. Mays, Cade Mays as well. So they're good as far as, like, are they going to be able to retain this offensive line yet? They're going to be able to retain these guys because they already got them wrapped up. only guy they need to wrap up, of course, is, or lock up, rather, is Bradley Bozeman. All right, going to take another quick pause here on the show. Come back in and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more. Curbside pickup and delivery is available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. B21. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
All right, got more of your questions here. Probably need to speed through him. Uh, through them. Nah, whatever. I don't really need to. We'll just get to it. All right, David, he's got two-parter. If the Panthers can't win out and they go three and one, do you see him, do you see them still making the postseason over the struggling Bucks? I think they lose to Detroit. Also, does that solidify Wilkes um, as far as getting the tag ripped off? Already explained the whole tag process after that, but I think if he does win a division, whether it's at eight and nine or nine and eight, that's got to be your guy because that would have meant that Steve Wilkes would have gone seven and five since taking over a team that traded away McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, had all these coaches leave, and was an absolute turmoil. Like, how is that not your dude moving forward? And as I explained earlier on in the week, if the Panthers are going to lose a game at all moving forward, it's either on Sunday, the Pittsburgh, or Detroit. We can afford to lose those games. Now, why can you afford to do that? Because just looking at how things are going to go, and that's really the, the game that's the most consequential for them is for Tampa to lose on Sunday to Cincinnati. Because if they lose to Cincinnati, the Panthers could be tied with them and the Falcons at 6-8 and eight after the sweep. But if they lose to Cincinnati, that puts you in a position where you can beat them later on and you would have the tiebreaker because you swept them over the, over the course of the season and then you got to beat New Orleans. Like the last two games are the most the most important games of the season for Carolina's final stretch are the last two games where they need to play, where they're playing divisional opponents on the road. So you can lose this week or Detroit, but I mean, you probably would rather win, of course, but you can afford to go three and one as long as one of those losses is either Detroit or Pittsburgh. Um, we got Alex now. He said there's rumors that Jordan Love might request a trade if Rodgers comes back. The Panthers play their way out of the top quarterback conversation. Do you think they consider another reclamation project or just running back with Sam? And Danny's got a question kind of similar. Um, if Brock Purdy turns out to be the guy for the 49ers, would you give up this April's first-round pick for Trey Lance? If not, is there anything you would, and what would that be? No, to both questions. <laughs> No to Jordan Love. The pa- okay, the Packers. If the Packers decide that they're going to bring back Aaron Rodgers again, and I understand he has a thumb, but the Packers decide that they're going to bring back Aaron Rodgers for another season, that tells you that Jordan Love is not good. So no, I do not want to give the Packers assets for their failed first round pick, who they clearly do not believe in. Because they believed in Jordan Love, they would have told Aaron Rodgers to kick rocks. Now, they also didn't believe that Aaron Rodgers went back-to-back MVP. So, I guess I should take that into account. But after this season, I know it's not been great. I understand the injury. But they say, hey, Aaron, come on back. As a starter, no. No, 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 no. Also, the Packers probably should try and hold on to him. Because, like, hey, that that was their backup plan. That was the guy who was going to take over for, I was about to say, Farb. For Rodgers. Brock Purdy. Guys, um, the 49ers gave up three first-round picks for Trey Lance. Trey Lance was a rookie last year. He got hurt this year. Trey Lance is going to be the starter next year. does not matter what Brock Purdy does. Unless Brock Purdy – I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, okay. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Just a hunch. Just my hunch. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, – I, <laughs> Trey Lance is going to be the guy next year. So, no, I don't think he's not getting – no, he's not – no. Oh, man. <laughs> no. No. No, I don't see that. All right, got Tanner. Tanner always has funny questions. Uh, he says Will Levis is a good is a quarterback with good size, some mobility, throws some amazing balls, but also has some absolute head scratchers. Is he Kentucky Sam Darnold? And if the Panthers draft him, would they just be replacing Sam Darnold with a bigger version of Sam Darnold? I'm pretty sure Will Levis and Sam Donald are both like the same like height. I'm pretty sure Will Levis is like six four. 
maybe six five, but they're basically the same size. <laughs> All right, the NFL, as I've said, why these guys, why a lot of these teams are going to love Will Levis is because of the traits. It's not, it, and there's a lot of other nuance to it, like the offenses that he's played in, and I think he could already seamlessly fit into a NFL scheme just based off of the last two years. He's played at Kentucky. Um. <laughs> It's funny that you bring that up, though. Like he's just a, uh, he's just a, a bigger Sam Darnold, or he's the same guy. I mean, well, the difference with Will Levis and Sam Darnold is, I mean, Will Levis, and you could pay him a rookie contract. Sam Darnold, you'd have to give him uh, the contract extension. I don't imagine it's gonna be something large unless Sam Darnold like goes off the next four weeks, which is highly unlikely, and then wins the Super Bowl. Then like fine. But I don't know, man. They would it would it makes more sense only because it's the rookie contract that gives you flexibility and there's guys that need to get paid and by guys like Brian Burns who needs to get paid. Jeremy Chin needs to get paid. And they need to find some other players as well. So yeah, it would probably make more sense for them to get that rookie contract and then try and mold that guy opposed to a guy who's really struggled through five years in Sam Darnold. But maybe Sam's gonna turn the corner. I don't know. And then final question comes over from Eric. Hi Julian, question for them Friday mailbag. If you were to rank all the quarterback options that might become available in free agency, the draft, or trade by the time for the 2023 season, who would be the least talented quarterback that you would still be comfortable going into the next season with? And why is it Gardner Minshew? Eric, I hate you. I'm so sick of you asking me questions like this. Stop bringing up Gardner Minshew, Eric. How dare you ask me? Such a disrespectful question. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. I'll be there live following the Panthers winning against Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. If you miss it, that's okay. You can check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. There's people who complain about this podcast being on five days a week. Last time I checked, I'm not charging you to listen to it so maybe don't be a jerk either way rate review subscribe and be sure to follow me on twitter at julian council where every single friday like today i answer weekly friday mailbag questions unless it's a holiday of course i'll be back next friday on uh christmas eve eve the 23rd so either at me or dm me to get those questions into me over at julian council on twitter in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all sunday following the carolina painters win against the pittsburgh steelers Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.